2: Phil Mackey. I like his odds of uh, of replacing somebody on TNT.
0: Judd Zolgad.
2: Just a genuinely awesome guy, very giving of his time.
0: Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
1: I'm sorry that I let you down. Let, let, let you down. All these voices in my
3: Mackey and Judd from the TCL broadcast so studios. I uh, we have two sorry, themes going on for the first hour of our show, our Twitter timelines. Blowing up. are just full of Reckless Twin Speculation, and we love it. We're thinking about uh, raising our Reckless Speculation brand game. Maybe some I Love Reckless Speculation t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Maybe some tattoos. I don't know. No we'll tattoos, but I will definitely specul- sport
2: an XL Reckless Speculation t-shirt. <laughs> would, you be, would you be
3: mad if you went to General Manager Dan Seaman, Program Director Brad Lane, and said, hey guys, so you know my love for hockey. I just I was just offered a chance to go to Toronto, Ontario, Canada. <laughs> biggest market in Toronto. Yep. To do a 4-hour talk show every day to talk Maple Leafs, maybe some Rangers, all things NHL for 4 hours a day and a little football, CFL though, the Argonauts, right? Oh, Argo's talk, yeah. I know I have a year left on my contract that I signed. I agreed to be an employee for, for multiple years. I have a year left, but I really want to go take this other job over here. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know what? We're all for the advancement of Judge Zolgab, but we value you so much at this particular place of work. We can't let that happen. Because We'll give you a little bit of a raise, okay? Because we don't want to see you unhappy in the hallways. Yeah, and I want to talk it. Even hockey. though we're not, like, obligated to give you a raise because you signed a contract. But we're going to give you a raise anyways, and yep. you can go to Toronto in a couple years. Yep. That's how I view the Kevin's defense. You know what w-
2: would really upset me though, if I had just been if I had if I had applied for let's say, let's pick something that's not going to happen. Roycey retires. Well, okay? like, is Toronto a possibility?
3: Is that what you're saying? Roycey
2: retires, <laughs> and so I applied for the drive time job, and they're like, you know, you're not really good enough to do that job. And then I came with this Toronto offer, which clearly is going to be for more money, and then they said no to that, too. So, yes, I, I would be a little chafed in that yeah, case. So they give you a little money, and they pat you on the be, back and say, hey, I would be, be a good soldier. But I'm. But what I'm trying to say is the decision should be taken out of the hands of the station or teams in this case and should be made by the league to say you can't stop someone from doing this.
3: Yeah, I would agree. If I'm a coach, I, would, I, would, I understand both sides of the argument. I mean, if the Vikings value Kevin Stefanski and he's under contract, why would they want to just let him go to a rival and... And a team that yeah, you might face in the be a, damn playoffs. This
2: should not be a Vikings problem.
3: Yes, it should be if I, I agree. If the if the league addressed it and said, All right, coordinator jobs are a step up now too. Yes. The only problem there is this is why they don't do it. I guarantee this is why they don't do it. You could just start to create coordinator yeah. jobs. You could say, oh, we have a I, I think you get, passing game yeah, coordinator no, position
2: open, and, and we do want that. Kevin Stefanski and to what be the guy. I, and what I would say is this applies lunch, it's to— It's a lunch coordinator. We need a guy. This applies to only two jobs within your coaching staff, and that's offensive and defensive coordinator. You can't make up—or you can make up titles. That's not the promotion. Otherwise, you'd have 18 yes. coordinators on your staff. Simple. You just
3: pluck all the best assistants. Every
2: team has two coordinator jobs that we will allow promotions to, and that's it. Can't yeah. be running game
3: coordinator. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. Did Kevin Stefanski get screwed? Will, you're on the show.
4: Uh, yes, I do think he got screwed. Um, the biggest problem I have with it is coaching jobs in the NFL are not very secure. So I think when somebody has an opportunity to, unless you're get Jeff for- Fisher,
3: for two yeah. decades. But yeah, go ahead.
4: Yeah, I mean, unless you're you know trying to be mediocre for twenty years like him no i think he got a chance to have a promotion i think you got to give it to him you know there's not very much security in the nfl he had a chance to move up you should let him and i know you say well he's young he'll get another opportunity but this is a great opportunity right here to go work with somebody who clearly if you look at the last season he, he works pretty well with Shermer. you know and he had an in to this job To whereas next year yeah maybe he'll get interviews, but he might not have those same connections so his chances of getting the job are far less likely, and and lastly, I just think it's bad on the Vikings' part. This guy's been with you a long time; he worked his way up. He's done everything the organization should have asked of him. I, I just think it's wrong on their part to hold him back, especially so, after not giving him the job here.
3: Fair enough, Will. Um, I mean, there's another theory that maybe he doesn't want to go I, to a team with an aging who would quarterback. I, I, I don't know if it was a report. It was just a notion. Okay. Because I saw that he may have asked the Vikings to block it got, so that he doesn't have to turn down Pat Shermer. I got
2: like five or six tweets saying that, and I went to try to find it and couldn't find a, It's not a reported. Story. It's just a okay, theory. Okay. So it's just a theory. All right.
3: Yeah. I'm but, not but again, that like, I think the fact that the Vikings are. Uh, if you're wondering how valuable is Kevin Stefanski to the, to the development of Case Keenum last year and to the, the preparation of a 13 and 3 team, and then the year before that. Uh, and even like Teddy Bridgewater early on, because he's been there through multiple regimes. If you're wondering how much credit to give assistant coaches, don't you think the Vikings putting up the blockade on this says a lot about how great of a coach he is? That if it was just a guy, if it was just a guy that, hey, Pat Shermer was the you know was the was the one that made all these systems go, mm-hmm. and Kevin Stefanski was a good soldier, but he's not going to be. You know, if he wants to go take a coordinator job, then so be. I mean, mm-hmm. they value him so much. There's, I think, there's also a chance that John D. Filippo gets a head coaching job after one year if they have a good year.
2: Starch being wrote that story for Sunday.
3: Did they? Yes. So that he could get. So if John D. Filippo is a hot name right now, if the Vikings' mm-hmm. offense sustains and performs well, yes. Could he jump to a head coaching job, and now Kevin Stefanski gets to stay with the organization he's been with for over a decade? But that's assuming a lot goes right after a lot went right this year. I am saying know. Is people are making although, this sound like, oh, my although, God, he's never going to get a job in his life. It, like, yeah, he'll be
2: fine. Is it not the most Minnesota us thing of all time to, to hire an offensive coordinator on Friday and by Sunday be speculating, oh, my God, if he does well, he might leave us. He might be gone. He might take a head coaching job. What are we going to do? Should we fire Zim and keep D. <laughs> Oh, my God! We might lose him, and then we're going to lose Patino, too, now, and everyone's
5: leaving.
3: Well, that's a more valid argument than, like, the go-for-coach argument. Because, historically, your good coordinators always no, leave. I know. Brian it's just, Billick, Mike Tomlin. It was just Tomlin. hilarious. He
2: gets, he gets hired on a Friday, and by Sunday, we're sweating We're <laughs> sweating the fact he might leave after a season.
3: Uh, Johnny, I don't,
2: don't leave us?
3: You want some more reckless speculation? Not without the sound, or I don't. Our timelines are just on fire right now with this Chris Archer stuff. <laughs>
0: Speculation. Reckless speculation. With no regard for human life.
3: Okay. Um, Let's see here. There's some Kyle Gibson chatter. I got news. I'm sorry. Kyle Gibson is 30 years old. There's zero chance he will be involved in a Chris Archer
6: trade.
2: I just saw the Kyle Gibson someone, <laughs> Coach G- Zimmer, begging them not to trade
6: Kyle Gibson. Yeah. Gibby for Archer straight up? Who says no? Yeah.
2: yeah don't
3: worry. Uh, Coach Zimmer on Twitter here. Stick to football for one. And secondly, Ky- Kyle Gibson's older than Chris Archer, which is amazing because Chris Archer's been this wildly successful pitcher for a few years. Um, Doogie with another text here. And he's you know he's been plugged into this for a while. I said, what gets it done? Kepler, Gonsalves, Gordon? He said, hmm, don't know for sure. It does start with Kepler and probably Gordon. Would maybe take one to two more good prospects. I bet. So if it's Kepler and Gordon, and then like another really good prospect, not named Royce Lewis, is that well, what am I
2: missing? Is that not an absolute no brainer for the Twins? You're missing. Uh, you're missing Tampa now going and shopping that to the likes of the Brewers probably. Well, of course. No, oh, but uh, I'm saying that that's I bet there's probably 20 it. teams that are in that's on this conversation. It. Yeah, their next step is then to say we've got on the table from the Twins, we've got four guys.
3: Yeah, and I'm sure who traded for Garrett Cole, the Yankees, Houston, right? The Yankees, Houston, I thought did. Houston, I thought he eventually went to the the
2: Astros after that deal okay. fell apart, and then came back together. But
3: that would be well, he, and here's another one. So an emailer sent us this. It's a good point about Chris Sale, the Houston, Chris Sale. Yep. Houston. Okay, the Chris Sale trade from uh, the White Sox to the Red Sox. And Chris Sale is a more dominant starting pitcher than Chris Archer, so Chris Sale's in that top tier with Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, and like two or three other guys. But Chris Sale warranted Yon Moncada, the number one prospect in baseball, mm-hmm. and Michael Kopich, who right now is the number ten prospect in baseball. So the the White Sox received the Red Sox. You could argue number one pitching and hitting prospects, two guys who are top ten or fifteen. Prospects overall. So if if that's the DNA or the blueprint for a Chris Archer deal, and Sale had multiple years left, and, and that was a team-friendly contract too, I think he tops out at like $15 or $20 million a year on that contract when Zach Greinke is making $34, $35 million. That would warrant Royce Lewis and probably your two top-pitching prospects, so Romero and Gonsalves. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm not going to put Royce Lewis on the table. I think you could give them like four really good prospects that aren't Royce Lewis right. and get it done if they want Max so who's,
2: Kepler. Who's the fourth? In in your ideal world, it goes Kepler gets traded, Gonsalves gets traded, Nick Gordon gets traded, and another top 20. Someone that you haven't really heard of. But 15 to 20, 20 to 25.
3: Someone that you drafted last year
2: that isn't a household name. I'd have to go look, but somewhere in that. Then it's category. a done deal in my mind, yeah. If if they if they shop that around and they can't improve upon that, it's a done deal to me. But it's
3: it's baby steps for the twins who never offered $100 million contracts to my knowledge to top starting pitchers on the free agent market. Like at some point you're going to have to land one of these big fish. You can't just keep offering contracts and floating trades if you're serious. Yeah. At some point you're going to have to land one of these big fish mm-hmm. to turn the uh, you know, the narrative in this town. Mm-hmm. Which is a re- the narrative is is reality. Mhm. They don't. They don't make big trades, and they don't make unless it's trading one of their own. And by uh, the, Johan Santana.
2: Uh, by the way, just quickly on Maurer, I was the Star Tribune had their pre or uh, pre spring training breakdown of things in the Sunday paper. They're writing about that Joe was coming off a nice year, and and what are you going to do with Joe? And he still appears to be a viable player. Joe Maurer, as far as two thousand and nineteen goes, comes back on your terms, or he does not come back. Okay. Oh yeah. So let's not let's but but. Uh, I understand he's going to have his number retired, and he's going to go into your Hall of Fame. And I get all that, and it's been a great career. But let's not ever worry about Joe Mauer this entire year. Okay? No,
3: he won't. If he wants to come back for like seven million dollars or something and play first base, awesome. Yep. But he ain't going to make twenty three after this season, and which not, he, gives you a lot of flexibility to sign other players. Absolutely. Too. Yep. All right, we can do. Uh, we, hey, we have to update Judd on the Olympics and things that are happening because I know that Judd is diehard about the Olympics.
2: I was forced to watch a little bit of figure skating last night.
3: Really excited to get your thoughts on that here coming up shortly. No, you don't want it. Also, Zach Levine, Andrew Wiggins, head-to-head on Friday night earlier this week. There's some Wolves things to get into. And uh, a proclamation that was made on this show eight months ago that was laughed at. I don't know if it was by you guys, but definitely by some of the listeners that we should revisit. And Brian Murphy will join us in about an hour from now to uh, discuss his insider article sitting down with Paul Molitor as we... Uh, get into Twin Spring training here this week. Mackie and Judd.
1: Two guys. Oh! One topic. Sports. Mackie and Judd are back. Oh Man, is crazy. On
0: 1500 ESPN.
6: Curling. Skeleton. The Nordic combined. It's time to break down sports we see once every four years. It's Winter Olympic Talk with Mackie and Judd. You think you like freestyle skiing? Johnny Mosley doesn't just like freestyle skiing. He f-ing loves it. She comes into the bottom
3: jump here. She's going to throw the
6: D-spin, Trace, nice. the only female in the competition to do this trick. Oh, that's so red.
3: Skiing! That's so rad.
2: (laughs) Oh, come on, Judd. So you watched some figure skating yesterday. Uh, Only because I got done watching uh, the Wolves game, and then I watched some of the uh, Vegas Golden Knights Flyers third period, and then I decided I'm going to bed, and I went upstairs, and it was on the TV in the bedroom. So I had to watch some of the figure skating.
3: You know, I actually watched a little of the cross-country skiing yesterday. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd rather watch figure skating than cross country skiing because there's just like more layers to figure skating, cross country skiing. And this was a, I think this was a fifteen, what is the fifteen km? uh, So fifteen kilometer plus fifteen kilometer skiathlon. Is that does that involve guns or is that something different?
6: No, the biathlon is the guns. So there are these guys skating, uh,
3: skiing thirty kilometers. Why fifteen plus fifteen?
6: Maybe you do it over two days. I don't know. Okay, it might be you know Tour de France style. Oh, so
3: they take a break and then come... Well, there was a medal awarded, all three of them, all to Norwegians. Uh, Shocking. A Kruger, a Sundby, and a, and a Holland. Hans Holland. Uh, Hans. 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 Hans Holland, yes, yeah.
6: Great stroke. Well, Is there
3: anything nice that looks more torturous than cross-country skiing for 30 kilometers? Or there's one that's like a 50-kilometer race later on in the Olympics?
6: It's the worst activity a human can do. God. I've tried it once in my life, never again. <laughs> I do if class in about 8th or ninth
2: grade, thought, that was it. I thought I had done it, but I don't remember it being this grueling, so I must have just been doing it wrong if I did. I
6: used to downhill ski all the time as a kid. It started when I was like 4 years old. All the time, every single weekend over to Afton Alps. Loved it, did races, it was awesome, I was pretty decent at it. I tried cross-country skiing once when I was... 13, 14 years old or something like that with my mom, I spend more time on my ass that day oh. trying to get around Como Park on cross-country skis. Oh, it was the worst day of my life. God, I threw such a fit.
3: These guys all look miserable, too. Yes! And uh, and they're going uphill at times. They're trudging. I mean, if you're going to trudge around for... What's the equivalent there? 30 kilometers would be like 20 miles. If I'm going to trudge around in the snow for 20 miles, I give me some
2: boots. So I'll just take some boots. What's the fun of uh, cross country skiing then? Like what's the What's, there the, isn't enjo- any. what's the enjoyment? Zero fun. Cuz you're not going fast ever. I don't know, man. You're just sort of going along there. Like how's that fun? Do we have any cross country skiers that are just die hard about Wouldn't it? Wouldn't you rather snowshoe? I'd rather just stay inside. Well me too, but I'm just saying if I had to do something in the snow, I think I'd rather yeah. walk in snowshoes than actually have to push my Carcass. Around. Well,
3: if somebody wants to call in, if you're a cross-country skier out there, even just like casually or for a hobby, why? 651-646-8255. Uh, Bill, what's going on? Yeah, gentlemen.
7: Well, first of all, I can answer your last I was an avid cross-country skier, and the fun part was looking for place with kind of fun hills, to be honest with you.
3: To go so down kind of or up? Fun
7: no let's go down okay we used to ski up on the north shore someplace that drive us up when we ski back down to the lake and it was great fun could not you just anyway, like find
3: a ski hill and go down and lift? share lift
7: yeah well that's different kind of A little you know different kind of speed different kind of challenge um but anyway the skiathlon is in two halves because uh the first half is the traditional style skiing with longer skis and shorter poles and then they come in and they change skis and they go to the shorter skis and the, and the longer poles and they do the freestyle, they skate.
3: Okay. Is it all That's in what, one it's yeah. all in one day, they just change yep, they, at the halfway it's point?
7: Really, it, it's really kind of fun when they come to a halfway point, they all have a station set up and they ski to their own station, whatever number it is, and their other skis are sitting there in their poles. And it's kinda of like a pit stop. I mean it's how fast can you get your old skis up and your new skis on and get out of there. Yeah. And some guys gain time just in that. It, they look miserable. This
3: Bill, are you oh, God. When, when you cross country ski, are you miserable ninety percent of the time until you find
7: a hill that but, goes down? I I don't anymore, but um, when I was crossing, well, see, those guys are miserable because they're pushing it. I mean, that's the most vigorous physical exercise, I think. At least that's what I learned in class once years ago that you can do because you're doing upper body and lower body. The whole body's involved your arms, your shoulders. Those guys are just in agony. Yeah. When I skied, if I got in pain, I stopped (laughs) and rested for a while. (laughs) But um, you're out in the beauty of nature, especially up on the North Shore of Minnesota, and it can be a lot of fun.
2: Why'd you quit, Uh, Bill?
7: uh, I'm 67, and and my wife didn't. My new wife didn't want to do it, so that was it. Good for her. Good for <laughs> yeah. the new wife. I like your new wife. Maybe maybe I'm better off. Yeah,
2: exactly right. Yeah, She's changed your life for the better, Bill. Thanks for the call. Okay. Bill. Okay. Great. Thanks. I like Bill's new wife. I have no idea. The wife like. Is.
3: We're going to brunch, Bill. Yeah. yeah
2: exactly. Yeah. It's brunch time.
6: <laughs> yep. Just like at the Zogat house, it's brunch season, Judd. I'll okay. get okay. the answer. What's the fun in skiing for you? Looking for a downhill. <laughs> Hello? (laughs) Have have you been to Wild Mountain? Have you been to Buck Hill? That's all there is!
3: Is that also the fun in cross-country running, where you find a hill and you just roll down it? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You roll down it like a log.
2: Oh, thank God! (laughs) Finally a hill! Hey, look! Look ahead, it's a hill! (laughs) Bill, we got a hill!
3: If you start, if if someone drives you to the top of a mountain, cross-country skiing is great.
2: (laughs) He just described doing it for years and years with no upside whatsoever. Zero! Like, he didn't bring anything to the table as far as, this this is why you might want to do it.
3: (laughs) I mean, it's funny because you look at the, the looks on Olympians' faces... If you look at someone in the luge, there's a little fear because they're about to go 500 miles an hour and, like, who knows, there's a non-zero percent chance they fly over the edge or something and die. Yeah. The look on the face of a cross-country skier, and you you watch the Summer Olympics, the marathoners, who are trying to run, you know, three-minute, 50-second miles, and they all just look like they want to die and jump off a cliff. They look constipated. They look constipated. Yes. All right, let's take uh, Linda here, cross country. Are you a cross country skier, Linda?
5: I am. Both my husband and I are.
3: Why, I Linda?
5: With, well, yeah, I agree with everything that you just said. When I get back, I'm I swear to God, I'm never going to go again. But the reason <laughs> my husband and I go is so that we get out of the house during the winter and we actually get some exercise. We're big bikers during the summer, so in order to still get exercise, we snowshoe and we cross country ski and i am not about speed so when i get to a hill where i have to go down i just i panic and almost sit on my skis and go down
3: could we get you an elliptical machine that you could put outside because i think that's what i would prefer to cross country skiing
5: (laughs) it would probably be easier it would probably be easier but um but we're both in our late 50s and and it really does keep us in shape during the winter instead of getting getting a beer belly and just sitting inside and watching sports we get out and go. That,
0: that, that's a just
3: John. Fine. Right there,
2: waking. You know what, <laughs> Linda? There is nothing wrong with putting on a few pounds.
5: Okay, you just I'll go up that. in pants,
2: go up in pants size, and you'll be fine, just like oh, I do. Have
5: have that uh, segregated closet where you go from yes. one size to the
2: next. Just you know? don't sell off your skinnier fat clothes because you you know that you'll always transition back to one pair or the other.
5: Yes. Okay. I I will remember that next time I get back from cross country skiing that I that's probably a good idea. Yes,
3: exactly right. Thank you, Thanks, Linda. Thanks, Linda. Appreciate the answer. You insight.
2: bet. It is. I mean, it's obviously a it's a subculture. I got man. an idea. Walk to a pub with your husband. Get some exercise
6: that way. Just well, find a local pub and walk to it. I figured it out. Cross country skiing is just like heavy drinking. Like she said, every time I come back, I swear I'm never going to do that again. Every time you drank way too much in college and spent some time over the toilet, I'm never doing that again. Next Saturday, what are you doing? Back at it. Let's go, boys. Let's go. Kegs and eggs, huh?
2: College, I might call that a Friday
6: night. And how about the clowns that do the cross-country skiing thing in the summer with the the, the wheels on the skis deal? Have you seen those? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's too beautiful outside. You still need to make yourself miserable. I mean, couldn't you just rollerblade? Or just walk or run or as Linda does, ride a bike. Yeah.
5: No, yeah, shoot do the car. worst activity yeah, shoot that car. a human
6: can do in winter and bring it to ninety degrees and humid. That sounds like a yeah, treat.
3: It's uh so and then the biathlon is so it's a ten it's a ten kilometer sprint. So that's cross country skiing, and then you're also shooting a gun at various points. Correct. Right? Just like random stops where you have to sh- pull your
6: rifle out. It's a really and bad idea. Shoot a clay pigeon or something? You no, know, you got the rifle strapped to your back when you go and you do the first big lap and then you got to do the first round of shooting lying on the on your stomach. So you're prone on the ground, you got a little ground to support yourself. The second time when you go on, and you have five targets you have to hit. Every target you miss You have to take a little penalty lap, like I can't remember how long it is, but it basically takes you like an extra twenty seconds to do this little lap before you can then continue on. So
3: are all of the targets Roger Moore, James Bond from like the late (laughs) seventies?
6: The second time you do it though, you have to do it standing up. So (laughs) these guys are however many kilometers through the race and they're just (gasps) (gasps) BAM. You have to hold your breath the whole BAM. Oh, I don't know how you do it. I don't have no idea. Man, it sounds absolutely miserable.
3: Uh it was a German, a German who won gold in that event over the weekend. And then uh, What did I miss? Nobody from the US the is way. meddling in any of these cross-country skiing. There was some guy, some American last name Peterson, who every time they showed on the 1515, yep, uh, the the first one we were talking about, where you're out there for like 2 hours just cross-country skiing until you die, and the closest I saw an American to the medal was like 26th place. Mm-hmm which is good.
6: And the uh, uh, gal from Afton, Jesse Diggins, fifth. Okay. In, and the uh, women's okay. Race. Oh, so yeah, good. she yeah. was close. Cool.
2: So of, of events from the past three days, what did I miss? Did I miss in, anything spectacular? I paid zero attention.
3: Uh, there will be more, I believe in stuff. I think Dave has some clips here that I see on the screen. For-
6: I've got the perfect way, I think for Judd to actually become interested and involved in the Olympics. It's a little off the beaten path, but I think we can finally right. get Judd interested. You think you like figure skating? Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir don't just like figure skating. They f***ing love it.
5: Keep the speed. She can't second guess. She has to go right up into it. Yeah! Oh!
3: Figure skating! Yeah. Yeah. yeah! Toe loops! Kiss and grind! Yeah, hit the toe pick! Tassels! Triple lots!
0: Mackie and Judd are back. Okay. Press play. On 1500
6: ESPN. And Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by Shell. Get the feeling of being rewarded with gold status at Shell with the Fuel Rewards program. Download the Fuel Rewards app, join, and start saving $0.05 cents a gallon today.
0: And now, ladies and gentlemen, please rise Men, remove your caps as we honor America and the Twin Cities sports scene with the playing of stuff you shouldn't know about.
2: Alright, Dave Harrigan. I'm very anxious to hear why I uh, I can now embrace the Winter Olympic Games.
6: Here's how we get you interested in the Olympics, Judd. It's not by watching the coverage itself on NBC or the family of networks. It's by following along the Twitter account of Leslie Jones. Oh, God. SNL, familiar with her work. She was in that Ghostbusters yes. remake. Yeah, it's yeah. At less Dog, dog with 3G's L E S D O G G G She watches this thing religiously. She's watching it on a TV. She's also got the iPad out and she's basically mystery science theater 3000ing the Olympics for you. Love
2: it. Love it. Nice.
6: Okay. Less, and uh some of it's not for the faint of heart if language is a problem, but luckily we have bleeps here. Uh what well, we were just talking about cross country skiing in the biathlon, Leslie?
1: Okay, hold on. Hold on now. Um if I'm not mistaken, uh, these, these these dudes are skiing with a bow and arrow on their back, right? Okay, and then they're gonna stop and shoot. What kind of f- decathlon of death is this? <laughs> what are they shooting the bow and arrows at? They should shoot at their opponents. This yo, now at this point, I'm figuring y'all making up events. Y'all making <laughs> up. Wouldn't that be better?
3: Like. If part of the process was you shoot at opponents, so you have to sort of scatter, and you get like three arrows or gunshots or whatever it is, and you know what? By the end, not only are you the fastest, but you're the most elusive, and you're still alive. Yeah. So you really
2: earn your gold medal. I would like to know who who was the person that said, "You know, this cross country skiing is pretty fun, but you know what would make it really fun? A gun." <laughs> <laughs>
0: like who was that?
6: Americans. Let's introduce gunly Americans. Let's introduce a gun and let's just see what else happens. And
3: maybe a school. Wait, no, that's too far. Oh, okay. Oh, whoa! Hey,
6: hey, hey. Do we have more? <laughs> oh God, we have a lot more thoughts on Tara and Johnny.
1: May to God, this looked like when your when your parents go out with your favorite auntie and uncle and you really like your auntie and uncle better than your parents, because your auntie and uncle is just live. Like they always wear the dopest clothes. They always come straight into the house and put on the Earth Wind & Fire album. When your parents be playing that bullshit. And you know what I'm saying? Your uncles always wanna go, hey, let's start a Soul Train line. I swear to God, that's what this look like. <laughs>
2: Oh, God, she's incredible. The bedazzled okay. microphones are I'm my in.
3: favorite.
6: I'm in now. Thank you, Dave. I've yeah. got a few more we'll sprinkle in throughout the rest of this oh. segment. But for now, uh, ooh, let's go to Adam Rippon. Did you watch any of his figure skating uh, when you were watching Juddly? No, I think I missed him. All right, well, he helped the Americans get a team medal, the bronze, and afterwards chatted with Mike Tirico about skating in his first Olympics.
4: On the ice, you see the
6: rings. What's
7: going through your mind your body?
5: Um, I want to throw up. Um, I want to go over to the judges and say, "Can I just have a Xanax and a quick drink? I'll be fine." But um, I, I kept it together.
2: Honesty. Yeah. <laughs> Honesty. Yeah, that's very. Uh, I'm sure how
6: how did uh, Tariko take that? Oh, he giggled along.
2: Okay. Sounds
3: like he's taking the Tanya Harding approach to figure skating. <laughs> 25 years later. By the way, on Friday night, I did see I Tanya outstanding. Oh, I still want to see I've it. heard great things about it. It's really good. It's super... I mean, the, the whole premise is, we're not totally sure if this is accurate, yeah. but
6: here it is. Yeah. It's like sort of tongue-in-cheek, and it's amazing. So, check we'll <gasps> out. Canada won the team figure skating. Leslie?
1: Canada got a gang of ice over there, man. They supposed to be good. You know, they supposed to win this kind of... You know what I'm saying? They, like, got way more ice <laughs> than the United States. I mean, the only person that could beat them is Antarctica, and I don't think... I, I don't know.
3: Is that a country? <laughs> <laughs> you we know,
6: Has anyone from Antarctica ever entered a Winter Olympics event? I don't know, but they're coming next. Uh, Red Gerard, he's the young American 17 year old, won the snowboarding slope style event. I was watching it live as it happened on Saturday night, hour time. He's 17 years old. He's five five, one 117 pounds. He's a shrimp but his family knows how to live it up.
1: I'd say they've been having some fun, yeah. Um, excuse me, but uh, I, I got a Snapchat this morning at like 8.30 when I was taking a bus up, and they were all shotgunning beers on the way to the mountains. So I'd say they've been having a good time, yes.
0: And if there's one thing you could say to them right now, what would that be?
1: Um, yoo yeah. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> that is
2: clearly a 17-year-old kid who's had a couple cocktails himself. I don't know why you're saying that, Jen. No question of my mind. Hey, good for him. I think he's good the epitome if, if, you, if what you were saying
3: last week is correct, that the ex-gamers that are infiltrating yes. the Winter Olympics yes. are making them less
6: watchable. That's a kid that would have That's shown
3: a- up late to talk to me. Yeah, he, Well, he won a gold medal, so well,
6: he can show up gr- as late as he wants. Good for him. <laughs> There was that one moment in the figure skating with the pairs. I don't even know who the pair was, but the guy lifts the gal onto him so that she's literally standing with the blades of her skates on his thighs as they're going around the ice. Blood squirting everywhere. Pretty much. (laughs) Ah!
1: That hurts! Oh, Jesus! Oh, my... Those are blades! Oh! (laughs) 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 Ah!
5: That hurts! Oh, Jesus! (laughs)
6: Oh, Oh God, I can't get it off of it. No, it's fantastic. Um. So, uh, yeah, this happened yesterday. Speaking of things that aren't Olympics.
2: Hill to his left. Hill bounced to LeBron. Top of the key,
0: 18-footer. Good. Man, did that look easy. LeBron and George Hill with a two-man game up top. Cavs 79, Celtics
6: 64. 121-99. New-look Cavaliers pound the Celtics. And the best meme of the day was the face of Paul Pierce having to sit there and watch his old Celtics get the crap kicked out of him just so he could have his jersey retired after the game. Yeah, you know what though? At least
3: he didn't have to deal with the embarrassment of Isaiah Thomas being in the building and stealing That's from true. his spotlight. That's, true. That's, That's what was nice. supposed to happen yesterday, but the trade took care of it. Uh, I love LeBron too. LeBron like ignoring his teammates and you know getting getting this plan together with the executives to trade half the team. And if you watched him on the bench yesterday and on the court, couldn't be more happy and teaching and and going over and helping guys up who sure. fall down and it's a brand new LeBron now. He's got a new team. Kevin Love next. Although, you know, I think It's off season. I think so Kevin Love is still, you know, they still high five each other and embrace and stuff. I don't hey, think I, LeBron hates Kevin Love as much hey, as I can't we can
6: tell
2: think. on that one. <gasps>
6: All right, I have to play this for you, but first we have to, of
0: course, hit get the... some cold cuts, get some cold cuts, get some cold cuts. Woo!
6: It's basketball related. Can you identify the giant moment that happened? <laughs> I cannot. I got nothing. Yeah, you've, there's really no chance you would have had unless you knew what I was going to talk about. Boys, those are the final points of Stefan Marbury's professional basketball oh, career. Really? That was a step-back three-pointer with one on the shot clock as his Beijing Fly Dragons picked up a win over the Zhengzhou Tongji. He turns 41 in about a week or so and says, that's it, I'm at peace with it, peace out. Is yeah, it the huh? middle of the
3: season or was this the end of their season? I think that must have been it. Okay.
6: Congrats to him, because
3: he made a boatload of money selling Starberry shoes in China and became an icon over there.
2: Didn't, didn't they make a film about him over there, too? i in sure or something. His life story, a
6: movie? A stage play.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it was a yeah. stage production. Him
3: and Jimmer Fredette have had these amazing post-NBA careers. Had, Fredette could still come back. He's still
2: young enough. All he had to do in 99 was accept the fact that he would play second to fiddle to KG for a while, man. That's all they had to do. China. The one place he doesn't have to play second. Third oh! This is true.
6: Mm-hmm. Turns out Larry Fitz Jr. has got a pretty good stick.
1: I'm feeling great. It was a wonderful week. Um, you know, you know, capped up My boy played really well. You know, top five finish in a great event. I mean, it was fun to watch him and uh, I'm glad I could be a part of it.
6: Pebble Beach Pro-Am
3: champion. How about that? Yeah. So how does that work? Do they take handicaps of the amateurs or or, or are they all just on an equal playing field? Like, is it so it's... I think they're all equal as far as I know. Okay. Because there's, there's an individual part of the tournament, too, right? Yes. Where, like, the PGA guy can just win. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then there's, a like, a team component. I'm mm-hmm. always confused by the pro-ams. Mm-hmm. But Larry I, I Fitzgerald won... Out. The team aspect.
6: Yeah, there was that one year that Nick Faldo and Bob Barker won it, according to Happy Gilmore. I don't know if you remember that
0: one.
6: <laughs> it was also the uh, highlight of Ray Romano nearly killing Jordan Spieth with a wayward bunker That's right. shot. Yep. Watch out for that one. Uh, let's wrap it up with uh Wrap this up with some curling talk, Leslie Jones.
1: Six hundred years? Okay, hold up. <laughs> Come on, cuz. Six hundred years they've been doing this, and they ain't decided to get a referee and some rules and a to explain what the f- is going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh.
6: Less Dog, at Less Dog on Twitter, Judd. That is how I'm we in. get you in. I'm all in now. Yes,
2: definitely. That's awesome. We need Judd Dog on Twitter to be doing oh, the same I, thing. Can we get that? That's, that is that is outstanding stuff. I will follow that, for sure. Uh, the
3: return of Brian Murphy to our show to talk about his sit-down with Paul Molitor in about 15 minutes. We will dive into the uh, Andrew Wiggins, Zach Levine Head to head from a few nights ago too Later in the show Mackie and Judd in the TCL Broadcast Studios Phil Mackie
0: This guy is absolutely elite It's kind of like you're looking at your brother I didn't know who had more energy
3: Judd Zolgad I even hesitate to disagree with him Because he's so knowledgeable And he knows way more than I ever will
0: Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN
6: Kick off your running season with 1500 ESPN At Twin Cities in Motion's Hot Dash 5K And 10 miles, Saturday March 24th Bring your Lumberjack best For this Minnesota-themed event, it features a top-ten U.S. post-race beer garden, live DJ, photo booth, and activities for all ages, plus hot dish and beer from Summit Brewing Company. uh, Registration is open. All runners will receive a Storm Creek long-sleeve quarter-zip tactical pullover details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword, events. You think you like figure skating? Terrell Lipinski and Johnny Weir don't just like figure skating. They f***ing love
5: it. I am feeling this, guys. Oh! Oh, my gosh. So unexpected. Again, one of those moments they hit all the difficult elements and you trip like that.
2: She didn't go down, though. It's not a mandatory one-point
4: deduction, but it was otherwise a brilliant short program for them. We haven't seen them skate that well in quite no. some time. No, you can see age, her really.
0: smile ear to ear. Figure
3: skating! Yeah! yeah. yeah. Toe loops! Yeah. Kiss and grinds. Yeah, Hit the toe pick! Tassels!
2: Triple lots.
3: Yes. The bedazzled microphones. The best part. It's the best part. Uh, tweet here from loyal listener Troy... I was really hoping for some good Olympics conversation today. You guys are failing. Skiathlon is one long event split into 15-kilometer sections because they use different method for each half. Think different swimming strokes. Troy, we love the fact that you listen. I think just for a disclaimer on this show, we need a new slogan or a new, uh, I don't know, just a new definition when it comes to our Olympic discussions. Mildly interesting in watching Less interested in giving you a full scale breakdown of what happened. Well, <clears throat> we're watching the Olympics very casually, like most of you are. I couldn't tell you what the hell they're doing in the cross country skiing. Full realm.
2: disclosure from me: uh, the the thing about me not caring is not an act. I really don't care, and so you guys are trying to because I told you this on Friday. Enlighten me. So give me give me reason to care, and Dave just did. Sure. So, but this is not an act. Like most of the stuff, I don't get, and and I watch it, and I think. Mm-hmm. Who made up this sport? Yeah, I would say,
3: you know, just going back through my viewing habits the last 4 or 5 days since the Olympics started. I think they started on Thursday night and then uh, and then progressed into the opening ceremonies on Friday. And I I would say uh, Friday night I put I, Tanya ahead of the Olympics, but that's kind of the Olympics, right? Like I'm watching the Olympics and I was going to say you were very much
2: going back to the uh, 94 Olympic games. Yeah, for sure.
3: Uh on Sunday yesterday I watched Celtics and Cavs, and also Wolves-Kings over the Olympics. I watched hockey and then Kings and Wolves, yeah. And Saturday, I just was sort of day drinking and bouncing around to different bars and ignoring the Olympics. Good for you. But I'll I'll
2: watch if they're on. Where'd you go?
3: Um, We wound up, let's see, actually, you know where we went on Saturday? We had to get a couple things at the Mall of America. So we went back to the, we were kind of wandering around and I realized oh I'm standing in the same spot we did our show uh-huh. The food court is just back to being normal, and the plants and everything is back. It's very weird seeing it not in in Super Bowl mode. Yep. So it was good. Bounced around a couple of little uh, Twin City Grill. It's a great it way nice. to spend a But if the Olympics uh, are on, afternoon. I'll watch. I'm not going to carve out special time for four hours to sit in a dark room like I would for a Vikings game or
2: something. There's very few things, though, that I can actually come across right now on, on NBC and stay tuned for. Hockey might be one, but most of them I just don't. 651-646-8255, right. six, six, five,
3: five, TCL Broadcast Studios. Randy in Cottage Grove, I'm sure has a couple of uh, Vikings thoughts to run by us here. So go ahead,
0: Randy. Uh, well, no, I, I don't. Re- I mean, I guess I can weigh in on the uh, Staminsky thing if you want me to.
2: St- yeah, Staminsky. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. The,
0: the, the assistant, whatever. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that I mean, I'll just give you my two cents. He, he ain't anything special, okay. And, and Shermer wasn't anything special. This entire staff starts and stops with zip. Okay, we know that. So if they're keeping them around, I think it's more what they call a chess move—kind of keep them away from the Giants, maybe, so they don't get some of our secrets. But uh, no, that ain't why I called, guys. I, I wanted to chime in on uh, the Nordic skiing uh, conversation. Oh, cr- like cross-country skiing? Well, Nordic is what what we call it. Yes, but uh, yeah.
3: Are you an are you an active, uh, avid Nordic skier, Randy in Cottage Grove?
0: No, I uh, I don't as much as i used to i'm uh, going to be honest i go about uh go about free bills these days so i i don't have the uh, i don't have a, yeah. i guess what you say that's quite as fleet of foot uh, as, I, as i once was but uh no i used to do the berkey binder for sure i used to go to hayward and do the whole berkey thing and uh and uh, that you know that was another era of course it was more about the saunas and the and the hot tubs and some of the parties but uh the skiing was definitely a good excuse to kind of kind of get out there, you know, I wasn't ever going for a time. I was just a guy who would say, you know, let me finish, and then uh, and then we'll have a good time. But uh, it's it's vigorous exercise, okay? I, I'm not really that about to do that anymore. I'm more of a bowling kind of a softball guy now, but when in my younger yeah. days, when I was looking for a certain type of a company, as they say, that's where you can find a lot of it, up at the Berkey, and uh, we had a good time. I'll just leave it at that. Hmm.
1: Okay.
3: I had at least two follow-up questions there. I wish he hadn't hung up so abruptly.
2: Did he call the Vikings thing the Stipinski thing? Did I hear that right? staminsky staminsky stamansky So basically... He goes three bills now. He's saying is... that there's like Playboy Bunny Ranch clubs. Yeah, he said the Saunas. Can...
3: Okay. Yeah, that's... That so that was his incentive for cross I don't think you wanted skiing.
2: to follow up with that because I don't think that the answer would have been fit for the show. Hmm. Three bills now, too. He might want to get back on the skis. Well, it's not football. Well, you figure he drinks; he's drunk almost the, the entire football season, and eating pizza. Hmm. So, yeah, he might want to try some off-season exercise. All right, then there it was. I, I do, don't...
3: I do agree with his point though about the Vikings that maybe the value is just not wanting. Was it Staminsky? Is that what he said? I yeah. to go to the Giants and give away all of Mike Zimmer's offensive genius secrets. I love I how, guess I've always thought that Zimmer just wants to outsource the offense so he can think, you know, just think solely about defense. But
2: maybe, maybe we're wrong. About I him. like the fact that now now that Shermer's gone, he he wasn't that good anymore. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing special now. No. Now that he took another Clearly job, he's, he was just average.
3: Clearly. Um, let's get Brian Murphy in here from the Pioneer Press and TwinCities.com. He had a lengthy sit down with Paul Molitor an exclusive that ran in the Pioneer Press and TwinCities.com over the weekend. Some good stuff in there about the upcoming season, about the relationship between Paul Molitor and Miguel Sano, so we can dive into all kinds of stuff. Twins, pitchers, and catchers report this week, and our guy Derek Wetmore is going to be down there the entire, I don't know, next four or five weeks. Roycey's down there. Wetmore's flying out today, so we'll have him on the show every day for updates. And maybe the Twins will sign a free agent or trade for Chris Archer. That's what Lavelle reported, that they've... Already attempted to trade for Chris Arches. We can talk all kinds of things with Brian Murphy. Reckless speculation continues. It's Mackey and Judd.